Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Allie Knows Best. I'm here today with Tristan Thibodeau. Tristan is a personal brand and business mentor for Rebel Women. She's on a mission to redefine what it means to be a leader by empowering entrepreneurs to own their wild side and show up unapologetically in the online space. Wow. Welcome, Tristan. Hi, Tristan. Hello. Hello, everybody. So happy to have you here. This is exciting. I'm super excited to be here and finally be doing a collaboration with you because we've known each other like behind the scenes for a while now. And I've just always been lusting after the opportunity to do something with you. So I'm so pumped. The feeling is mutual, girl. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking back because I was like, okay, wait, how did we originally meet? Mm -hmm. And it was at Brandy's retreat yep. in Joshua Tree, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Which, like, we were doing, you know, all kinds of fun, witchy the most things. Vulnerable there. of vulnerable situations to meet somebody. So I feel like we could go anywhere with this conversation and it would be fine because we know each other to that extent, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. I agree. And it's so funny because, I mean, we haven't seen each other since then. And that was in 2018. And mm -hmm. so much has happened since then. I'm really excited like to hear all that you're up to. I know you kind of did a huge rebrand mm -hmm. and went in a different direction than you were at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I have too. I mean, I think that's part of being a powerful, uh, multifaceted woman entrepreneur. It's like, you never know what direction you're going to go in. You really don't. It's it's wherever <laughs> wherever the drive is taking you that year, that's where you're going. And honestly, it it used to cause me a lot of anxiety to not have a plan. And you always have some sort of a plan, but to not have like the five-year plan, you know? And it's always caused me a little bit of anxiety, but I've learned to let that go and just try and blow with the wind as much as I can, which has taken me to some very interesting places. <laughs> Same girl, same. I mean, just even like surrendering and trusting the process. Mm. That's something that I journal about a mantra I repeat to myself all the time is just like, hey, you're not in control. <laughs> so you might as well <laughs> let the universe like guide you on the path and like that you're on and it might not be what you expected or, you know, mm -hmm. hoped for, but it could be better actually. Yeah. A lot of the times it is better too. So totally worth it mm -hmm. just to let go and see what happens cool so yeah you're my first guest oh. for march which we all know is women's international history month yeah. pew, pew, pew. <laughs> i should have brought out my hype siren i have a i, I know a hype siren button like the easy button from target but it's a hype si <laughs> why do i not have one you you're gonna to have to one. send me the yeah, link absolutely. for that <laughs> cool yeah so i really Obviously, it made so much sense to bring you on for as a guest this month because I really want to talk about how you're so unapologetically yourself as a woman and a creator and you own your sexiness and your sexuality and you do such a great job with it on social media um, in a way that I don't see a ton of other women doing. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Wow. And oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> hey, we, you know, powerful women see powerful women, right? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, 
Thank you. Yeah, and just kind of how that's translated into you building a brand mm -hmm. and a presence and be someone like that so many people want to work with. And I know you're creating something really awesome mm -hmm. too. So yeah, let's dive in. Yeah, wow. Where to even start? I think I think the place I need to preface first is that I am I face fear every single day. So I face some degree of fear every single day. So I deeply, deeply appreciate everything you just reflected. And I want to be sure for people that are maybe thinking, oh my God, I am not like that. I could never be like that. I, I'm afraid every day. The difference between having that internal desire to be a certain way and following it versus repressing it is your relationship with fear. So that's a big place to start with how to show up unapologetically, how to own all dimensions of yourself, especially aspects that are more taboo in our culture, like your sexuality, like different dimensions of who you are as a woman, is your relationship with fear will determine how you show up to your true self. So I'm not sure if there's anything you want to add to that before we dive in. I could certainly keep going, but. <laughs> wow, that was that was a powerful tidbit there. I would say I agree with everything you just said, like fear is always going to be there and acknowledging it and moving forward is really what you have to do in order to, you know, make your dreams happen and mm -hmm. just keep showing up for yourself, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I say your relationship with fear, it's really the degree to which you let it interfere with your internal compass. So every single woman, every person, not women, but everybody has an internal compass, which feels like excitement. It feels like joy. It feels like fun. It feels like pleasure that is pointing you in the direction of who you want to be, how you want to present yourself, the work you want to do in the world, relationships you want to form, everything. And your relationship with that internal compass in terms of when you feel that fear come up that tells you, if I do this, I'm going to lose relationships. If I do this, people are going to judge me. If I do this, I'm going to face negativity. It's that conversation that takes place and the outcome of that conversation that will determine the woman that you become. And so for me, I can't explain the intensity of how big this dream inside of me is to be on TV, to be on stage, to be a public speaker, to be an author. And so it's like the intensity of that dream is stronger than the fear that I feel every single day. I love that. I feel that too. I think we, you know, are on similar paths mm -hmm. in that way that I want to be a public speaker. I mean, I want to write books. I want to empower women to really and not just women too. I'm not trying to, you know, just focus on our our one gender here because I think it it really transcends people and and where we're from and what we care about. But it's that feeling that really lights you up mm -hmm. and drives you and it's kind of like your north star no matter what that you know like, "Hey, I'm going to get there. I don't know how, but it's happening." Mm -hmm. And I've really had that realization since turning 28 entering my Saturn return oh, all of girl, that strap in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah like it's just lining up and I think um in another episode I talk about like my gratitude practice and how important that's been just changing my my mindset from like 
okay, this is happening to me. Why is this happening? Versus, okay, this is happening for me mm -hmm. and I need to just welcome it in. Mm -hmm. Even if it is scary. And there is like, there are feelings of fear and discomfort surrounding it too. Yeah. The fear will always be there. And I think something that you pointed on is, is really letting that dream be as big as possible because to a certain extent, it's always a choice which emotion you follow. And it takes practice to have that fear and have all of that discomfort and have all of that anxiety come to the surface when you want to do something so badly and you're following this dream, perhaps that nobody else in your life has ever done. That's a big thing. Nobody in my life it has ever done what I'm doing. Nobody has been in the public eye, not that I'm some freaking star, but you know what I mean? You're on social <laughs> media, literally anybody in the world can find you, look at you, know what you're up to. Nobody in my world has ever done that before. So for a very long time, I didn't even know that being this person was possible. I didn't because I didn't have friends. I didn't have family members. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have anybody in my life to look up to that I knew on a first name basis. Sure, you can always look at stars and whatever and be like, oh yeah, well they did it, I can do it too. But there's a certain degree of proximity to those people that you just don't have versus having a friend that does something, having a mentor that did something you wanna do, making friends with people that are doing the things that you wanna do. And that is also very vulnerable to put yourself in that position to be like, I'm going to branch out and become a person nobody else in my life resembles because then you become different from everybody that you once had as your source of stability, right? And as your identity, your identity changes and that's scary. That can be intimidating. Ooh, that one hits home. <laughs> yeah. I, I really identify with everything that you were saying because I don't have anyone really, you know, mm -hmm. paving a path like this in their life, or I don't really have a mentor that, or didn't, I do now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I realize now that I can see a lot of peers like yourself mm -hmm. as mentors and um, as people I can look up to, ask for, que ask questions and ask for guidance or just like, you know, admitting that I don't have the answers and that I need help to figure it out has been <laughs> a huge part of this journey too. Mm -hmm. And I think permission has been huge for me. And for a while, I couldn't give myself permission to act the way that I wanted to act publicly. I was this person behind the scenes for most of my life. There was a period when I was extremely depressed very anxious bedridden with chronic illness and i was not this person but for most of my life i've been this person behind the scenes so people that know me don't see who i am online and expect something different from me they might see more of me than what they're used to seeing finding those people that can initially give you permission to say girl go for it go for it is so empowering when you can't do that for yourself so for me working with a mentor who saw how wild and crazy and bold and out of the box and just like this pent up stallion like trying to get out and kick things and jump in the air like she's like you have to you have to go you have to do this and she gave me permission to own those parts of myself in a way i never had before and I learned over time how to give that permission to myself, which has allowed me to continue to pull more and more and more and more of myself out and show the world. So that permission piece is huge. Amazing. I think that, well, actually, I want to ask you a question about that, mm -hmm. because 
Do you feel like giving yourself permission to be vulnerable, both like physically and leading with your heart on social media has opened a lot of doors for you? It has in terms of me loving and respecting the shit out of who I am. It has also caused a lot of problems. I've faced a lot of negativity because of the level that I'm willing to put myself out there. But on the other end of the spectrum, I have attracted people that are diehard obsessed with the way that somebody like that would put themselves out there. Somebody like me or you would put themselves out there because deep down they want the same thing. So what I'm doing is I'm giving them permission now. Now I'm the one granting permission to women who can't do it to themselves like I couldn't before. And they're becoming more embodied in who they are. But it has come with its wins and its fucking losses. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. this is explicit. Okay, good. It's like <laughs> I should have asked beforehand because wow, I have a mouth of a sailor sometimes. But it's come with its heights and its valleys. And it's been really, really, really hard. And it's been the best experiences I've ever had in my life. So it's both really. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about those yeah. valleys? And okay. Absolutely. So with the valleys, like I said, when you put yourself out there as somebody who is going to defy the status quo, you're going to do things that are non-conventional, that are taboo to our culture and society. There's always going to be somebody that has an opinion about why you're a bad person, about why you're evil, about why you're wrong, about why you're doing, you know, whatever. They're always going to have their opinions. And I have faced a lot of um, censorship, a lot of backlash from my family. I mean, fights like you couldn't imagine and just heartbreaking experiences where I've absolutely crawled back in my hole and I've shut parts of myself down and I've started to hide parts of my story during that time when the negativity was happening. Maybe I was getting a lot of really nasty comments from people. Maybe I was having my account be shadow banned and I had to start new ones, like having content taken down off platforms. And for example, my I had a TikTok when I was doing a lot of embodiment work around sexuality and sensuality. And I was posting videos of me embodied in my sexuality and sensuality and enjoying my body and having fun with it. And I had a handful of videos that had 10, 20, 30, 40,000 views on them. My account Whoa. got censored and taken down. And after that, the, the viewership went down to a couple hundred. So the impact of censorship as a business owner is so real because of the societal narratives we have around what's okay and what isn't. So when you put yourself out there to this extent, you face a lot of backlash while you're building your brand and while you're building a community but then to jump to the opposite end of the spectrum as you're building that community and you're attracting people that are obsessed with what you embody because they want to embody that themselves you start to build a community of people that come to your aid when stuff like that happens, that have your back when stuff like that happens, whether they are responding to trolls and comments or they're sending you messages being like, hey girl, I know shit's hard right now, but keep it up because you're inspirational. The more you that you can be, yeah, you're gonna face negativity, but you're also gonna attract people that will support you through the worst experiences so that you can keep going. So. Mm -hmm. It's it's both ends and you have to be willing to experience the shit to have the gold. 
Ooh, yes. That was, <laughs> I'm like, that's the key takeaway from this episode, right? <laughs> no, I mean, one thing I've been working on Instagram for like eight years now. I basically started in this field, like when Instagram started. And it's cool that since I really tapped into like, hey, this is what I want to be doing. Or I mean, it's the platform where I'm able to connect with women like yourself and stay, you know, stay up to date on what's going on. Do I think it's going to sustain us forever? No, I think there's something bigger and better out there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, a platform where we're not censored, mm -hmm. where we are empowered to show up more fully as ourselves, sexually, uh, mentally, like everything we have to offer mm -hmm. and not be, it feels, okay, you're gonna laugh, but I've been rewatching the show Outlander. Yes. I just love, I it. love it. Have you watched it's it? So the first couple seasons are so sexy. I know. So sexy. I had so much late night sex with my fiance because of that show. Yeah, it just gets you going. <laughs> You're like, yes, rugged Celtic sex. Sign me up. I'm like, this is porn for women. <laughs> this is porn for women. Um, but okay, so I tuned back in and I hadn't watched it for a while. And it was this the episode where um, Claire is going to be like burned at the stake mm, as a witch. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, shit, this stuff was going on, mm -hmm. you know, almost 250, whatever, 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. And women were being censored in the same fucking way <laughs> as we are now for like collecting herbs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> and like, I don't know, prioritizing like our sexual like preferences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I it's a full moon in Virgo tonight, so <laughs> I will definitely be da dancing yes, naked under the girl. moonlight, right? <laughs> but. I mean, you're not the first woman I've seen this happen to. No. Actually, I've seen it happen to a lot of like plus uh, women mm -hmm. and plus models, which I mean, that's a whole other thing because not only, you know, if we're thin, able-bodied white women Very being censored in this privilege. way, absolutely, you know, absolutely. just yeah. imagine like what's happening to other communities too. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm not saying like we set the standard or anything, mm -hmm. but if we aren't speaking out on this, then we're doing a disservice to everyone, really. Yeah. Um, and I see like what's happening with TikTok and with uh, a lot of friends starting OnlyFans and doing mm -hmm. things where they're monetizing, you mm -hmm. know, living in their sexual power and this prowess that's so, I mean, it's so delicious and like sultry. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super like pulled to that kind of energy. So it, it really feels like an attack when I see stuff like this happen or even what you're talking about too. Yeah, I mean, with women, especially a lot of the time, I mean, there's absolutely girl on girl attacks happening for sure. But the most mm -hmm. vicious attacks usually come from men in the, like in the form of comments or DMS or whatever, which is really, mm -hmm. really disgusting because, you know, if you can't control a woman by making her feel ashamed, then you're going to try and make her feel unsafe. And unfortunately, a lot of my friends have faced, I've never faced death threats, but my, a lot of my friends who do more wild, crazy things on their social media do face death threats, people wishing that they trip and die or fall off something and die. And it's, it's, 
it's all in a way to control women because if you can't make her feel shame through your words you're going to threaten her safety by whatever means possible so it really it's an ugly world there's a dark side of social media for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are really afraid of that because it is scary. It's very scary and it can hold you back. Yeah, totally. And I mean, those kind of trolls are just feeling validated mm-hmm. because they can hide behind a fake account yeah. or the screen or whatever. And I do feel like that's been kind of heightened mm-hmm. since COVID began because more people are on their devices more often. I mean, I'm trying to limit my screen time, but like, let's be honest, it's it's damn near impossible. I know. And the (laughs) iPhone alerts where they're like, your screen time went up 40% last week. I'm like, don't tell me that. (laughs) You're like, bitch, I do not need to know. I already do. Okay. That was real underhanded, Siri. Thank you. I know. God. (laughs) Or like, I have the Calm app notifications where it's like, time to unplug and I'm like okay all right I get it (laughs) okay well so let's get into what you're working on now I want to talk about like the quiz yeah oh the quiz yes so I have recently pivoted into branding and the reason that I did this Mm -hmm. is because through my own journey of really trying on different versions of myself and finding the one that feels the most empowering and the most resonant with who I am at my core, I've really found that that is the thing that is going to draw people to you. Not not your color palette or your logo or your website or the photos that, you, it's none of that. It's who you are as a person and can you be the most unapologetic version of yourself? And a lot of that comes down to your brand and your brand is not just the visuals, it's your identity. The identity is your brand, you are your brand. So the more that you can exude that, the stronger your brand is gonna be and the more that you are gonna become a magnet for ideal clients, for opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't have been available to you. I mean, just the wildest shit will come your way when you show up as yourself. So. What I've been working on lately is this way for women to identify their core rebel personality. So what I mean by that is what version of being rebellious most resonates with who you are so that you can have that identity and turn up the volume on it. So I know you took it, right? Yes, yes, you did. And what, what did you get again? I'm the witch. The witch, yes. So the empath, <laughs> the intuitive, the psychic. And I love that for you because it's all about having this sixth sense, not necessarily in like a supernatural definition, but being able to feel and see and sense things that the average person can't. So like you're deep, you're deep, 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 deep. And you can feel other people's emotions. You can probably have an understanding of what they're thinking. And that informs you as a leader with how you write, how you show up, the sides of yourself that you show. So I love that for you. That's perfect. Thank you. I'll add that when I was taking the quiz, I mean, there were a couple questions like near the end Mm -hmm. where I was like, wow, I could really choose a few different Mm -hmm. ones here. I'm and this is also like my Libra sun and Libra rising, like (laughs) indecisive qualities talking because I'm always like, oh, wait, but if I choose this option, maybe I should have chosen that. And I, you know, I can see myself reflected in so many of those answers. But 
I something like in building my own brand, which I think is just going to be an ongoing process mm -hmm. forever, really, because, you know, like what you said, we are our own brand, especially when you're trying to build yourself up as a personality mm -hmm. and kind of on this path that we're on. Um, I, for the longest time was like, okay, how, how do I look on social media? Like, how am I showing up there? Mm -hmm. And I was so hyper-focused on that. Um, I still am. I mean, it, it's not something I can, I can let go of because it's, it's what I, part of what I'm doing. But I also think that but like, it's not wrong to love visuals and to love style and to love beauty. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've personally been grappling with because for the longest time I felt shame in many ways about loving up on myself and taking a, <laughs> taking a hot selfie and being like, Oh girl, look at you. Like there, there's a lot of shame wrapped up around. You don't want to be egotistical, right? That's what everybody's afraid of. I don't want to uh, come off as egotistical, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with thinking that you're beautiful and showing that to the world and loving fashion and, and putting yourself out there. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Ooh, snaps girl. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's like the struggle of finding the balance and the duality of being like the quote unquote pretty girl. And then also having depth mm -hmm. also, you know, working on, healing trauma mm -hmm. and identifying with people and having empathy. I always say that empathy is my biggest superpower. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes, you know, when you package yourself up as like a put together kind of like rebel wild woman, I'm using all your terms. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like, okay, so am I also going to show this other part of myself too, which maybe might not be as pretty mm -hmm. or as approachable or as like palatable as what people want you to be? Like there was one question on the quiz um, about fitting into a box. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've always been pressured to fit into a certain box of being professional and, you know, not posting this on social media because it doesn't fit with your professional, you know, identity or whatever. Um, and I'm reaching a point where I just don't give a shit about that anymore. I'm like, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. I'm not going to fit in a box like especially with dating like the heteronormative like <laughs> gender roles of like the way you're supposed to show up which i would love to hear your thoughts on that too yeah and how you work through that like with your partner absolutely so can you be more a bit more specific about what you're asking yeah yeah so i mean just you showing up so authentically in a public space like I don't want to say like, does it create any issues or anything like that? But like, it's so cool to know that like you have someone who's supporting you through that. And what does that look like? Yeah, it's been, it's been a process of us having the most open communication. And to be completely honest, there was a lot of things that I did that my fiance Kyle did not like. He didn't like a lot of it and he let me know, but but one thing I really respect and appreciate about him is he is never somebody, especially with my with my business, which excuse me, like I wouldn't listen to you anyway, but like especially <laughs> with my my dojo, my domain, like anything I'm creating, he's like, you know, I think you could have done this differently or you could have said it this way or you could have 
been a bit softer and not so abrasive or whatever. He's always going to give me his feedback. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he respects my creative process, my thought process, my decision making, any strategy that I implement, why I do the things that I do. But I also come to him for feedback because I want the polar opposite of what I'm going to do. I want that balance to at least be able to have the full spectrum of how I could go about doing this. But at the end of the day, it's it's been a challenge of us figuring out how to be non-attached to the other person's opinion while still respecting and honoring them. So it has been, it's been difficult, but we've definitely learned the landscape better the more that I do crazy shit. And he's like, well, okay, here's <laughs> I how that. I feel about it. Um, <laughs> and especially our families, that's been the, that's been the most mm-hmm. challenging part, to be honest. Okay. It hasn't been our relationship. It has been our family and their reaction to the things that I do online. Like they, um, sometimes are very vocal, sometimes are not, but we are people that especially, especially my fiance, he is a very Midwestern thoroughbred type, you know, homegrown respects the family doesn't want to cause any drama. So he's always concerned with the way that our families are going to perceive things. Whereas I'm a bit more like, well, you know, it's not their fucking life. I don't know what they like. <laughs> so it's a balance for sure between two polar yeah. opposite individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that, especially like with the family piece or friends or just anyone who's, you know, close to you in your circle who maybe doesn't quite get it mm-hmm. and coming to the realization that they're not going to. No. And they can still support you, Mm -hmm. I mean, in maybe in other ways. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't have to share every single thing. You don't have to share every single thing. (laughs) And it's okay to block family members on social media. That's not a crime. doesn't make you a bad person. Something I Mm -hmm. I do want to share a perspective that my friend Kelly gave me. And she's a a human design coach. She's fabulous. But she gave me this perspective of, you know – there really is no other career or industry where what you do is in the public eye as much as it is when you are using social media for your business as an entrepreneur or as an influencer. And what that means is, you know, my, I don't have a sister, but a family member could go to work and be an accountant all day for 40 hours a week and nobody would have a clue about what she was doing. But with us, you see it all. You see our triumphs, you see our losses, you see our process, you see behind the scenes, you see front of house, you see all of it. And because Mm -hmm. of that, because it's public and visible, people think they're entitled to an opinion about it. And a lot of the times their opinion shouldn't matter at all to you because they don't have skin in the game. They are not doing what you're doing. And so it really takes like adjusting your expectations and priorities around their opinions and what it means to you and how much weight you should give it because they're not in your shoes. And so does their opinion really even matter? Wow. That is such a powerful perspective. And <laughs> I mean, I, it's harsh, I can't believe I've, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I can't believe I've never thought of that before. I mean, the last couple of weeks I've felt like under, uh, especially during Mercury retrograde, I'm just going to keep talking about astrology. Good, like whatever. No, Mercury retrograde <laughs> messed up my life last Kick week. my ass, man. <laughs> Kick my ass. But a couple close friends were, you know, calling me out for not um sharing enough stories about different like activism issues and Mm -hmm. stuff and 
I, I kind of came back with, okay, so I've chosen since, since last year, I felt like we were just so inundated with like that kind of content. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like for me personally, it was effective to be constantly sharing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm not doing work offline to support different issues or I'm not donating money, you know, to different organizations. I just don't need to post like my receipts. I don't need to do all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it doesn't mean that, you know, I have to prove it to anyone, but I just imagine, you know, what if I was doing some other profession, like you just mentioned, where I'm not, not online. Mm -hmm. I'm not like out here DMing all my friends who have like normal nine to five jobs and being like, hey, did you uh, donate to this yeah. organization? Did you sign this petition today? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's not sustainable if we want to create real lasting change. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, I totally feel you. And being somebody to publicly speak up about different causes or social justice issues that I care about has been something that I have really towed the line of and really not found a place where I feel empowered to step into the role of being a resource for people to hear opinions or gather data. And it's, I'm going to be honest, I felt guilty about it for a while because I take mm -hmm. leadership very seriously. And I take it to be something where people are coming to me for my expertise, but also my opinions. So when there's something like this going on in the world at any point in time, what is my responsibility to step up and share? So it's caused a lot of like internal, there's been a lot of internal conversation. And to be honest, I haven't come to a conclusion, but where I'm at now is, you know, I have so much learning to do that I have not been exposed to this far in my life. And for me to, to step forward and say, this is how we can handle this solution, this problem. I'm like, girl, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're going to put yourself in that <laughs> position. Like, so it's, I get you, like it's been, it's, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit different than what you shared, but it's, it's been a weird toe to, to weird line to toe to figure out who am I and what role am I going to play in this? And I don't have the answer yet. So that's something I'm still figuring out with my own brand. Totally. I love that. I think that I'm, I'm doing the same damn thing, girl, mm -hmm. <laughs> just trying to figure it out. And honestly, like I reached a huge wall with don't call me pretty because I was showing up as that resource mm -hmm. and I was going all in all the time, mm -hmm. like doing that activism work and really just leading from that, like I mentioned, that North Star of like, I want all women everywhere to feel safe and protected and seen. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, that that's not how I'm going to do it. It's not sustainable for me, like my energy, oh, my, my mental state. And people were coming to me and asking me questions I didn't know answers to. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know like what to share or just even sometimes how mm -hmm. to answer. Um, and I mean, it was like really heavy shit yes. too about topics like abuse mm -hmm. and um, abortion and things that it's, 
they're not light conversations that you're just like, you know, yeah. kind of d like checking your DMs and being detached while you're like watching a show or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely like took a break there and then had to kind of set some boundaries with answering mm -hmm. DMs and messages. I turned off my notifications and a lot of people, if they're asking me questions, I'll say like, can you contact me via email or mm -hmm. maybe we can, you know, talk about this later. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I think like going back to the quiz, <laughs> I'm tying this all in together. Like I do feel super um, connected as an intuitive and empath and all of those things. Mm -hmm. I have been told I have a sixth sense by, <laughs> by some some spiritual woo-woo people. So yeah. It. And the point about being the empathic, intuitive witch archetype is that you're breaking the rule that the ability to sense outside of your normal senses is made up. That it's a pseudoscience that people that talk about intuition and psychic abilities are crazy that they're out there like you're breaking that stereotype and you're breaking that societal norm and you're redefining that for yourself so that's the way that the witch is rebelling she's saying no this is this is important this is powerful so that's the way that the witch rebels i just wanted to point that out that each archetype in the quiz has its own form of rebellion to how you're staking a claim for your identity and defying that status quo Ooh, awesome. Okay, I'm gonna read more yes. into that. <laughs> so, so I have to ask, what archetype are you? Oh, okay, so there's five archetypes. There's the witch, the vixen, the baddie, aka the queen. There's the rock star <laughs> and there's the activist. So I'm the rock star. The rock star. Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, I love it okay. so much. And I actually, I'm. It's funny because I made that quiz and then I got that. And I'm like, oh my, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rebrand some stuff. This is fun. Um, but the rock star is all about thriving in the spotlight. So just loving to be the big voice in the room, the big energy in the room, taking up space. That's how the rock star defies the status quo. Is as women. We're taught to be small, to be demure, to be quiet, to take up as little space as possible. The rock star is like, psh, blows that up and has big energy and takes up space. So that's in a nutshell what the rock star is all about. But I want, I want everybody to go take it and just see what they are. It's so fun. I know. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about like what you're hoping, like just are you going to release this quiz to everyone or like, is it going to be kind of an invite only situation? Like, what are you doing with it? Yeah, it's going to be available to everyone. My intention with this is I want people to see seen and acknowledged and recognized for their superpower. So yours, you even said it yourself. My superpower is empathy. And that's, that's what the witch is. So I want people to feel acknowledged. And this is a form of, this is a way for me to give permission to as many people as possible to own who you are and be as big as you wanna be. And just defy all the stereotypes and the stigmas and the status quo and do you. So that's my intention with this quiz. It's available to everybody. You can get your results without needing to give me any information. But if you are an entrepreneur that wants to learn more about this, personality type and learn how you can start to integrate it into your brand, you are going to get a workbook that's customized to that specific personality type, whatever result you get, you will get a customized workbook for that. 
So if you do want that, that's where you sign up for, but you get the results for free. And I just want as many women as possible to take it, to feel validated and really just own who they are. Amazing. Wow. What a great resource. I love just, I mean, I've been working in branding for a long time and I love looking at looking at it through this lens of more just the archetype versus I think something back to like what you said near the beginning of our conversation was about, okay, what's the look like? What's the colors, the branding all like, I guess it's hard because branding, you know, encompasses so it much. Um, but like the color palette, like that's not the stuff that matters. Mm -hmm. It's like the feeling, the energy, um, I, with clients, I work on like building content pillars a lot of the time, like what are the pillars of your brand? And I feel like that fits so well in everything you just mentioned with these archetypes. Um, and something really cool too, is these are archetypes that are totally new, mm -hmm. different, and they're not like archetypes of, you know, a millennial woman or something like really meh, bland and... <laughs> and kind of basic. I mean, these are like super empowering. So I love them so much. Thank you. It was actually from years of observation when I said that I started surrounding myself with different types of women and, and being mentored and hiring coaches and exposing myself to a lot of bold, unapologetic women. It, it was through observing, observing these women and kind of being like, okay, well, she's got this going on and, and Hey, she's got, she's doing the same thing. Like they kind of have the same vibe going on and just seeing that there are really truly personality archetypes that we all embody. And there's going to be variations between people, but at our core, like with bold, unapologetic women, there are absolutely trends that you can see that only helps you to further give yourself permission to embody that because you're not alone. There's tons of other women that are doing that too. And you can look to them for friendship or just as a resource of, of inspiration. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out. Amazing. So tell, tell us all, I'm sure there's going to be loads of women who want to work with you after <laughs> hearing this episode. Where can people find you? Are you taking clients? I mean, tell us more. Yes, absolutely. I am taking clients. I'm working with people one-on-one -on -one right now all in very intimate capacities. So whatever your dreams are, I'm here to be a conduit to help blow that shit up. Whatever vision you have for yourself, let's go big. Let's make it bold. Let's have fun. So that's kind of what the feel is, the vibe is working for me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but other than that, I love Instagram. I'm on there all the time. I'm on TikTok. Those are my two big platforms. And I also have a podcast of my own, which you're going to come on. So everybody, I everybody can binge both of us, which is going to be fun. Back to back. Yep, the Wild Woman <laughs> Hotline, which is all about showing up unapologetically, but also branding tips, marketing tips, social media tips, all of the things to help you grow your brand. So I'm Tristan Thibodeau on Instagram and on TikTok. So come hang out and let's have some fun. Well, this has been a real treat. Thank you so much, Tristan. <laughs> thank you so much. This is awesome. And thank you everyone for tuning in to Allie Knows Best. Stay tuned for uh, next episode. Bye. Bye.